0: Welcome back to a special midweek episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Alright, as most of my listeners know, and if you're new to the show, I'll educate you. I like talking to brands who are mobilizing their masses, being their fans, followers, consumers, donors, just generally concerned individuals, and how they create communities out of their experiences and funnel them back into the market at large. And we talk about this on social and through experiential and other things like that. But today I've got a rather unique way in which a certain brand is doing it, and it calls for a special release. I'm gonna talk to Jeff McFarlane and Brian Smith. They are co-founders of, and respectively, the CEO and COO of Wink Wines. Now, you may be a customer already, but the wine delivery and subscription service, which has made $169 million to date since their founding, has created a brand new way for customers and people generally interested in the industry to get involved with the brand. And it's not through social. It's not necessarily through experiential. It's through an investment opportunity. They are essentially crowdsourcing a new round of capital. They're calling it Wink shares. And I'm going to sit down with them today and talk about why they're doing that. I'm going to talk about their mentality around getting more direct and building their mentality from the ground up with the consumer first in mind. And then explain some of the ways in which they're planning to create a whole new community of investors outside of their fans, followers, customers, and maybe including them within that. But regardless, how they're using this opportunity to brand an entire new color of authentic influence for their business. I'm going to step back and give their perspective to you directly but I want you to listen in because I think this is a unique opportunity for the show. certainly haven't had this sort of conversation on the podcast before. So enjoy. I'll be back in a little while. For now, this is Wink Wines, Jeff McFarlane and Brian Smith. All right, everybody, I'm here with Wink Wines, and I'm here with Jeff McFarlane and Brian Smith, respectively the co-founder and CEO, and the co-founder, COO, and president of the company. And today we're going to talk a little bit about something called Wink Shares, which I'm curious about, I'm sure you might be curious about, but essentially a new way to get involved with Wink, and perhaps we'll talk a little bit about ways to make a community out of it. But first, before I do any of that, Jeff, Brian, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Appreciate the time.
0: Thanks. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. And before I jump straight into the meat and potatoes of all this, or perhaps the wine of the conversation, let's first start with what inspired you to start Wink and your journey to this point, because you've gone from zero to nearly $175 million in revenue and uh, seems to be growing at a pretty good clip. Wanted to know what the the impetus for founding Wink was.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, Wink started with a, as, as many businesses do, started with a really simple idea, and that is uh, how do you connect uh, a new and emerging audience and today's wine drinker uh, with a category that's that's ultimately pretty complex, lots of different languages, lots of different options, um, and, and and very little in the terms in the way of uh, guidance to help people navigate that. And so, um, you know, the goal was just how do we help people discover and enjoy great wine. And what can we leverage in the modern economy? What sort of capabilities can we leverage to do that? And So um, the initial business uh, really started very much focused on the customer experience, which we um, still hold uh, very dear to our hearts today and, and really informs our decisions around Wink shares, which we can get to later. Um, but the original launch, you know, people were engaging with brands in new ways. At the time, we're about six years old. Um, so, we looked at direct consumer, uh, which is a relatively um, uh, sort of slower to evolve in the wine space, and we look to leverage um, a direct connection with consumer consumers and sort of the, um, the tech stack and, and communication strategies that come along with that. Um, over the years, that, that direct relationship with, with the consumer um, and the direct consumer channel allowed us to um, uh, really grow awareness and and create, um, you know, great experiences, but also uh, a feedback loop and a form of trial um, that that just hadn't existed in wine. And so our customers and the trust that we built with them really allowed us to put more and more um, interesting products in front of them that might not make it through the buyers, um, you know, to the shelf on your grocery store. So you might not have access to it, but because of that trust, we're able to launch things. And we were also able to get um, real-time feedback and 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 data from our our customers. So it created this uh, ecosystem uh, where we could be more innovative on the products and more experimental. And ultimately, um, ultimately, that led to some some early breakout brands for us, um, and and uh, ultimately led to us getting more and more involved in in production. And so today. You know, we have a hand in producing all of our own wines. We have an amazing wine and talented winemaking team. We work directly with vineyards and we create and launch uh, products. But those products really started direct consumer first. Um, And what we realized is we had built these brands that had never hit the shelf or weren't available in um, other channels where consumers were engaging with the category and engaging with the product. And we called these consumer led wines. They had sort of press brand affinity, they have been validated and optimized with, with uh, you know, our consumer, um, and, and ultimately, we felt that there was a gravity and a real opportunity and a need for those to expand outside of just direct consumer. So, for the past uh, couple of years, we've been developing a national wholesale team and national wholesale uh, program. We now sell into um, most states in the U.S. with, you know, 4,000 different points of distribution, um, we work with national wholesalers to connect with uh, restaurants and retailers uh, on a national basis, and we're growing a portfolio of flagship brands with really that really started with you know in many cases just a few hundred cases in direct consumer are, are now north of you know forty thousand cases. So we have five flagship brands um, that we're developing in, a, in an obli- omni-channel way. So today, you know, we really see the business as. Uh, Still very much consumer first, um, and that relationship with consumer enabling some of the other capabilities and opportunities that we have. Um, But we see it as really one of the first um, tech-enabled platforms for beverage alcohol. Um, And, um, yeah, we think there's a lot of opportunity in the space uh, based on what we've built.
0: The way that you just said that made me think of Domino's. I'd once heard to I've once heard uh, them referred to as a tech company that just happens to make pizza but to talk to you specifically in this space sounds like you're pretty consumer centric as far as the development of your labels go and uh, and to be building that relationship of course is important We hear on the show tout that all the time. but something that I have not talked about on this show ever really, which I want to hear directly from you, is an opportunity to invest specifically uh, for for your fans, for your followers, for investors, perhaps for current consumers, and I want to know a little bit more about that because it seems like that is the most direct that you could be with your uh, with with the masses, with your average Joe walking down the street who has, of course, disposable income to invest. But talk to me about what the mentality was to start uh, Wink Shares, and I just want to hear it soup to nuts
1: sure yeah um i think uh i you know this is something that we've been thinking about and considering for a long time i i I mean i mentioned it earlier like the trust that we built initially with with our customers and, and with our consumers and that we still focus on now has really enabled our creativity and innovation in the space um it's a huge part of it and we're always trying to think of you know everyone is trying to think of how do you how do you engage your consumers more um, how, how can they be partners in the business? How do you get them to share um, in the success and excitement and affinity around products? Um, so philosophically, the the concept of investing uh, or being able to invest in a product uh, or a company that you um, that you either love the products or believe in um, is something that's not available to most people. You know, we're in we're in uh, we're in the business, we're in venture capital. We don't,
2: you know, we don't
1: even have access to, you know, a lot of deals personally. Um, it's oftentimes restricted to venture funds and PE funds and, um, accredited investors. Um, but a lot of what we focused on is the democratization of the category. And we feel that this model is one step further in not only democratizing the category, but democratizing the business and letting the people that have allowed us to create some success, participate uh, in the future of the brand, both as uh, people who can own equity uh, and and sort of like reap the financial rewards, but also um, create a a really exciting um, uh, group of evangelists for the future.
0: So you are building this community of, of potential investors, again, individuals who are passionate about the brand, want to invest in its growth. And of course, it's right in line with that being as direct as possible as you just mentioned. But once you have that community, how do you anticipate you'll be able to leverage it just beyond the resources that they'll be able to provide? Because it seems, well, rather intuitive to me that you would want to take, a, you know, leverage that as much as possible. But I wanted to know what some of the early thoughts there were for you and perhaps at the same time be able to allow for listeners to this show, potential investors to learn a couple of those types of benefits.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, it's about, you know, bringing them into, um, you know, our mission and vision for the company and, and um, you know, using that group of evangelists to to help us, um, you know, fulfill those that, that, that mission and purpose. And I think, you know, we'll continue to innovate uh, with that community in the way that we've continued to innovate with the business. So I think, you know, when we imagine what we'll do in the short term, it's, you know, to truly, it's really engage that community to help us get the word out about our brand and what we're really trying to do, go deeper with them and, and really telling the story and the, the vision and the purpose for, for, for a broader group of people than, you know, just our employees or our current investors. So to expand that community, uh, and, you know, let them, you know, help us drive you know, new product launches and, um, you know, which products to launch. Uh, and then, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll continue to figure out how to how to innovate uh, with that community over time as well. So I think um, it's a mixture of things, but it's really about bringing a broader community into uh, sort of the inner circle of Wink and, um, you know, going on the, the journey of building,
0: building Wink together. You mentioned as one of the perks of coming on as an investor, the ability to name one of Wink's new products. What, what's that all about? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, we've done a lot of different We've done a lot of different things over the years around, um, you know, product iteration and, and tried to, you know, engage the, <clears throat> our audience and our, our members. You know, we've done any, anything from uh, sort of launching a wine with Charity Water where, you know, the community helps build uh, two wells in Africa to uh, doing sort of user-generated content labels around Instagram for different thematic uh, brands. Um, but, you know, we love this idea of participation, and I think that our, um, our members really, really love that, too. And so this is just um, kind of to put a really to put a fine point on it and, and to show that um, there's an opportunity to engage with the brand and really shape uh, what we put out in the world. Um, so really, is an additional way for participation. Um, and I think, you know, we, we will, you know, we're, we're really excited to, um, well, I would say um, one thing that's been really interesting for us is, is um, you know, the member interest. you know, people who know Wink and, and who are members, their level of interest in participating in this way um, has been extremely exciting, even in early days. Um, so we'll take a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the community practices through email, social, um, uh, physical meetups, experiential, um, and really start to focus them on on our, our group of investors because um, historically we've had a lot of success with referral. As you know, word of mouth referral or or any type of referral is extremely valuable to um, driving a company forward. And and so we see this as a you know a great opportunity with this group. So you know we're, we're we'll. And what we'll do is we'll approach it just as, as anything else with the company is we'll really, you know, try some new things and, and sort of A-B test and and really figure out what's what's a successful track for communication um, in the early days and long term with this group.
0: Well, it's a great way to go about it. Of course, listeners to the show will know that that's some of the gold standard for a way that any brand can be mobilizing its masses in a proper way. And yes, referrals, of course, word of mouth, that is truly your most credible source uh, of authentic influence, to use the name of the show but i so if if we can uh so a very interesting opportunity for anybody who wants to get involved with wink on a deeper level i'm curious and actually one of uh the the closing questions that i that i will give as part of this little conversation here is with regard to advice because it sounds like you know of course the meat and potatoes of today's conversation being wink shares but there's a whole lot behind that in the way that your mentality is consumer centric and consumer first and that aligns well with at least the way that I define what authenticity is for a brand. I'm curious, because our listeners are largely marketers and students of the craft, what advice you might have for them as they build up their brands, and perhaps it's not through a through an investment opportunity for their consumers, fans, followers, or the like, but I'm curious as just some of the ways that you would advise that they seek to get more direct and more consumer-centric with their followings.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the at the very foundation of our company is putting the customer first and, and starting with the customer. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's a good, that's a good foundation to build up. Of. So I think, you know, and in today's world um, you know, there's more of an opportunity than, than there ever has been. You know, the, the new way that you can now have a two-way conversation with your customers um, really hasn't, hasn't existed uh, in the past. Like it has grown over the last, five or 10 years. And so I think it's about listening to your customer. It's about, um, you know, creating and building your company, uh, you know, over time, you know, with the customer as part of it, rather than, um, you know, sort of the old world, which was such a push driven world where create a product, create a bunch of advertising, uh, you know, get it on store shelves and, uh, and hope customers like it or, or, you know, it does an okay job at solving a customer's problem. I think in today's world, um, you know, you can you can launch more products quickly. You can get customer feedback quickly, and then you can really perfect your products. Uh, and, and I think um, you know we we have numerous examples of you know, including our, our most popular brand, Summerwater, where we've continually over the last four years uh, improved the customer rating and customer feedback on that product by by just listening to the customer and always trying to improve uh, on behalf of the customer.
0: Yeah, to always be listening and to be nimble in that and to stay centric along the way great pieces of advice for anybody to be uh, using as a foundation of the way that they start their brand but one other question for you just out of pure entertainment and curiosity really if I were to uh, head on over there to winkcom find a new bottle for dinner uh, what's uh, what's your favorite selection there what what should I really be going after
1: we just launched the wine we've been working on for a couple of years it's called uh, cherries and rainbows it's a really uh, Fun wine, kind of a hippie wine, actually. So we made this in southern France. It's organic, biodynamic red uh, with no sulfur. So, um, uh, you know, we're really excited about the natural wine movement, um, the, the Better For You movement. And this is uh, just a delicious, uh, natural wine with, with very little human intervention. Really excited about that wine.
0: Well, all right. I have to go and check that out. And for me again and our listeners, if we wanted to learn more about Wink Shares where do we go there?
1: Great. You can visit SeedInvest.com slash Wink.
0: SeedInvest.com slash Wink. Sounds great. Check it out, folks. And Jeff, Brian, thank you so much for your insight on the podcast today. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate it.
0: Allow me to say cheers to Jeff McFarland and Brian Smith from Wink Wines for joining us on the podcast today. It was great to hear what you're doing with Wink shares and what you hope to gain from it. Really interested to see where that goes. If you like this show, if you like the kind of conversations we have, let me know. You can either subscribe to this podcast, which I'd recommend you do either way, wherever you listen. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Authentic Influence Podcast. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn, Adam Connor. You can write me, adam.conner at govavoom.com. Plenty of ways to get in touch with the show, but I want to hear what you want to listen to more or less, what you want me to add, who I should talk to, and the like. In fact, now would be a great time to do so because next week I'll be in New York City for Advertising Week, where I'll be running a roadshow of in-person interviews. So if you're in town, it'd be great to catch up with you. It'd be great to learn what you like about this show. And if you have a suggestion for somebody to meet while I'm there, please do not be shy. Let me know. For the moment, I'm going to get back to preparing for that, but I'm going to be back to you in a couple days again. I'll be back to you on Monday with another fantastic episode. We're going to be interviewing Jennifer Breithaupt, the CMO of Citibank. So stay tuned for that. For now, and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host Adam Conner, and you'll hear from me again next time.